0: This is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the Mega City metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 269. For Erwin Toy, it was a like a very old toy company from Canada they made the slinky like they they were the ones who invented it um so they had this contract with the WWF or WWE at the time Vince McMahon's company for wrestling so he brought me home this life-size poster of Dwayne Johnson who at the time was only known as The Rock so it's just it's the weirdest thing to repeat right to tell people like I'm a big wrestling fan but at 15 14 years old I didn't have all these girls on my wall I had rappers And wrestlers, guys in their underwear, in my room. Not significant at all at the type of things I'm into romantically, but yeah, I had a six-foot poster of The Rock in his in his underwear, and that's how we're starting this podcast.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: (laughs) Hey, Dave. (laughs) Who did you have in your in in your room in their underwear?
1: (laughs) As a guest, or yeah.
0: Um, yeah, we were just, for those just, uh, tuning in, we were just talking about some of the social media stuff that's been taking place out there in this era of, uh, uh, what do they call it? Outrage entertainment, recreational outrage. Yeah. We were talking about Dwayne Johnson. That's what they call it. Recreational outrage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No one, no one is quite as. Other than, I would say now, probably Joe Rogan than Dwayne Johnson, right? That's probably the only thing. I don't know how that happened, but very weird world that we live in. Podcasters can change the world, Dave.
1: <laughs> there you go. The power. The power. The power you have.
0: Yeah. So if we just keep doing this and, and say whatever we want, you, we might get the attention of the United Nations. <laughs> <laughs> Your top five world rulers <laughs> get down on the floor oh we we're just talking about
1: which spider-man stories we
0: like <laughs> well what are all the worlds you're talking the top five villains what's that about <laughs> <laughs> oh man what have you how ha- have you been doing on on a lighter note getting away from all of the nonsense what have you been reading what have you been doing how how's life over there across the the ocean
1: It's um, okay. It's just been really busy. I've just been really busy. And it's weird because, like, it's one of those questions where I don't know if I have an (laughs) answer. I don't know what I've been doing. I've been desperately trying to catch up on um, reading stuff. Um, I think most recently um, I read an indie book called Hive Mind, which the creator, Plaid Klaus, who's such a fantastic name, (laughs) um, sent me a PDF version to review. Very cool. yeah on the, the WM I've had a couple that have sent stuff through but either the PDF hasn't worked or I've just not had time um but yeah I, I managed to read this one it was an interesting book it was it was like a sci-fi noir with a, 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 a kind of like a 1930s looking setting but the all well, the characters are kind of alien or a couple of them are maybe robots um, interesting interesting story just a bit of a it messes with your head, I think. It's 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 a lot to take in. It's Maybe a two reader.
0: Hmm. Okay. So it's it's one of those that sometimes can go back the second time around, and it's like, oh, I like that better this time around. Like I see what what yeah. was happening. What are, what what yeah. comes to mind for you? Like, is there any books that you can think of where that second read through was better than you remembered?
1: Invisibles. Easily, oh, yeah. Gosh. I think I think the third read through was.
0: The wow. one that made me go, oh, okay. Right, 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 right. Wow, ah, three reads through that. So yeah. Okay, so you're a real dedicated Morrison fan. Like a it's, it's
1: when you kind of feel like there's something in there and I feel like I want to crack it. With that one I did. I think with some other stuff, I just won't bother. <laughs> mm. It depends. It just depends. But I think like there was something in The Invisibles that resonated with me on a weird level. Yeah. Um, and I ended up becoming
0: a little bit obsessed with it. I've got a 23 tattooed on my arm because of the Invisibles. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it, that that see, I appreciate when people have that sort of attachment to a property or a story, because it lets you know that there is something there, if you get it. And I and I know that's like one of those do I really have to read something? Like, if I get it, you get it? Like, you know, what we always make fun of the Christopher Nolan sort yeah. of thing. but Oh, God, yeah. But I do but I do like when something has affected a person so much where it, yeah, it, it like, leaves an indelible mark in your case, literally, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. It's, it's funny because it is one of those ones where, it's like, if you give it a surface read, especially like volume volume two i think considering the age i was at the time as well i was quite naive i was like 17 i think when i first read it um the first series is very experimental and british and it's got that kind of very british art Mm -hmm. style of of that era and then the second series he wanted it to be more hollywood um so he got phil uh Jimenez to provide the art, which is awesome. It's such a, it was such a good choice. Um and I loved it. But it was like very surface for me. So I was kind of going, this is a great kind of weird, trippy action film. And that was fine for me. But it felt like, like I needed to dig that there was more to it. And that's the thing. It's like I feel like there's a reward in here, but I just need to find it. So yeah, it was weird. I think like when when he did stuff like that, it was it was interesting. And he could do something like Sea Guy, and you're thinking like, this is just balls. I don't. Is there a story in here? it's like a, about a scuba diver with a floating fish? Like I don't know if this is meant to be a joke or if there's some deeper meaning. I don't care.
0: Yeah, there's there's something to be said about the layers that he kind of goes to, especially because. What he saw often is under the influence when he's coming up with these ideas.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, but then there, there, you do get to a point where absurdity doesn't mean prof- profundity. Is that the right? Yeah, point? it's like yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. some some people think that, right? Some people can say like, "There's nothing on the canvas." Like exactly.
1: Like, oh no, that drives me insane. You know, I think that, I've been to the Tate Modern. Yeah. Um i don't like that and my mate took me because he knew i'd get pissed off he knew it would wind me up um to the point where i was getting really like openly angry and i'm fairly chilled out generally i have the occasional moment (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i just started to get more and more angry and and like they were radioing between each of the areas saying they've had a gonna entered go this this area now just we, we keep an eye on them so like i'm not gonna tear anything down come on i'm just like what is what what is this i stop being a knob and then this guy just walked in and he saw this there was a painting of some scene on the wall with a really ornate frame around it and there were two seagulls above it with arrows sticking them to the wall you know like like a full-on yeah, yeah. an arrow arrow and he just went, Oh, now this is what it's all about. And I went, What? <laughs> what is it all about? <laughs> Stop pretending you know. And then and my mate said, She We need to, we're not going to be able to stay here much longer. At one point as well, I started staring at this little chair, this little fold out chair, and going, It's interesting. I mean, like, and then just examining it. We had a, a few people would stand with us, um, looking at this chair. And it was basically one of those chairs you're supposed to pull out open and sit on and look at the art we were treating it like it was um an installation. We did it with that and with a lift and with a fire extinguisher that were just on the walls. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just to see if people would gather and try yeah. and make sense of it. And we were we were looking really intensely at it and and discussing it as if it was a real a real piece. Um and people would just stand next to you and then they'd realize like, oh they're taking the piss. But you stood here for way too long. <laughs> yeah. You bought into it for a moment. And that's kind of the problem. I don't, you know, if people want to do it, it's fine. But it's not for me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I could easily fall for that sort of like, level of everything is relative philosophy that can quickly go into bullshit. Because there are some things that aren't, right? The sun rises on the east. Some people were like, well, is it really the east? But (laughs) But, yeah, it's... That's what
1: they want you to believe. Pardon? That's what they want you to believe
0: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's... it's Yeah, it's one of those things where with Grant Morrison, you can get lost in... You can start overthinking it. Mm. And it can make it either fun for you if you're into that. Or it could just be like, you know what? I don't mind something with a little depth. But I don't need to you know do a seance to have to find it to understand the rose petals yeah. that are falling when the joker is doing this and they hit the tile like get out of here okay relax <laughs> <laughs>
1: have you seen them do that with the shining there are people that have taken um a triangle i think and they put it over several scenes in the shining to show how Kubrick shot every scene and how that was a template for every scene and i'm looking at it going and like i see patterns that I'm a designer, I see patterns in everything all the time. I can't help it. I'm going, no, look, seriously. No, just don't dissect this to a point where it's not fun anymore. Right. Right. You You can think about stuff and examine stuff. And it's like, Oh, that's clever. That had a little hidden meaning. That's nice but like when people are going oh and the tiles the color of the tiles is actually representative of their inner feelings their true feelings and not what they say on them. like just stop it this isn't fun for anyone anymore
0: yeah and the thing is is that that all comes i guess from That actually being the case, like I remember when we were, uh, me and my wife were in in Italy going to some of the different churches and and seeing the art that would change from city to city depending on when those churches were built, the colors that they used in the paint were all significant of a change in like the viewpoint of the clergy at the time. It's like Uh this is after this renaissance and that's why instead of it, no, it's no longer red, but they used blue. And I was like, oh, okay. So there is... Something to these things. Like, you know, people do use colors to trigger emotion yes. in your mind. Like, all that is true. Um, but then sometimes you can get to the point where, even with these, like, Easter eggs, right? When they, like, everyone's like, what's that? That was his shoulder. His shoulder lifted up to the right. You know?
1: It's like everyone's like a squirrel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, everyone what's just quick. It? Oh, did you see how he moved his toe to the left? I think you
1: pause it. Yeah. No. I'm to drag the no, the pause is too far back. It's just I need that one frame. I can't I can't live like I can't live like that.
0: Yeah, and I I stop watch like I if it's an obvious Easter egg or a little nod where it's like, oh look, the building's named after the writer. Cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh the license yeah. plate says ASM fifteen. I know what that means. Cool. Uh-huh. Or oh, amazing fantasy, whatever. I get it wrong. Sorry, everybody. It's so good. <laughs> But but yeah, like stuff like that, alright, cool. But when they're when they you know, freeze frame, it's like, look at the shadow. <laughs> who could have that been? It's like ah, who cares? I remember yeah. doing that with WandaVision. WandaVision we were all doing that and it was fun. It was a lot of fun to speculate because it was that first thing after endgame.
1: Well that was part of the fun really with WandaVision. I think you are looking at a mistrain. And if you're looking at a mystery, you're going to live for clues. And that makes perfect sense. But I think, like, I don't know. I think it's funny because if you watch the um, pitch meetings that Brian George does, um, they're so spot on. And it's funny because they mention in it about how to make a trailer and they basically say, just put a trailer out there and just put whatever crap you want in and the fans will just rip it apart to the point where they do the advertising for us. Like, yes, they do.
0: At this point, yeah, it really is like that. It really is, and and i my wife is a sucker for trailers. She said on this podcast, like ah, I don't want to watch the trailer; don't ruin it for. But she can spend a day on one of those Apple apps just watching all the trailers forever. She just loves it, and she makes a list like I'm gonna watch that, I'm gonna watch that.
1: So I get that. I can get that. just watching trailers though and then deciding what you want to watch. It's that's something I haven't done in so long, actually. Yeah, because the only trailers I see now. Thrown at me, are Marvel trailers or yeah. Star Wars trailers, yeah. And I'm bored. I'm sick of people talking about it to the point yet yeah, within about half an hour, I think, and it makes me not want to watch. That's what puts me off: is the other people.
0: Yeah, you know, it, me too. It drains at this, me. at this point, I'm at that. I'm kind of getting that fatigue from it. I love this stuff. Like, I love clearly. We both love our comic books. Yeah, but I'm totally. I'm almost getting tired of the like the culture and the fandom of it like they're exhausting and i'm a part of it here i am on the podcast talking about it like talk about the kettle calling the pot black right i get it guys i'm a hypocrite but it's just more like everything becomes uh i don't know and, and a lot of it just is stupid now so much of it has become stupid that when you be like you know that's kind of stupid and that's because you're clearly showing this and this and this about you. It's like, no, Booster Gold is blonde from the future for a reason. He's a douchebag. Why is he being – I don't know if you saw who they cast for it. No? It's I the, didn't even know they
1: cast him. Yeah. Something, what's that
0: in? I, I don't know if it's a joke. I don't know if it's a joke. I should really check before I talk because I remember it was a talking point on a, on a Instagram post that was having actually pretty good uh, commenting between the people. Um, between the people that were following the post. So I was actually reading the, around for the comments for once. But if I'm not mistaken, and memory serves and, and the information is correct, it's the actor from Clueless and who was also in Scrubs. See, th- what? there's your face, right? That's my facial expression too. Your facial expression is of a bigot and a racist, apparently. Doesn't make sense, <laughs> Right. It doesn't make sense. The character. It's not. It doesn't make any sense. So it just makes you be like, I don't even want to engage in this anymore. Like, I'm just going to go over here and talk to my friend Dave about the comic books that we liked growing up and what we like now. Like, that's all I want to do. So it's me. Yeah. And shout out to my my pal Adam Chapman because I like doing that with with him too. Two favorite things, right? Going to a baseball game with your pal talking about comics or on an evening just catching up with a friend that because there's no one really out there like i don't work with anyone who likes this stuff
1: yeah same i don't i'm not friends with anyone who no. i'm friends with one person that, who does but in nowhere near nowhere near the same
0: degree yeah and i got a lot of people the, the who come to me and say like, oh i'm watching marvel movies this weekend and they give them they have all these questions for me right and that's fun i like being that guy but then I also like find like you know that infinity watch issue blah, 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 like you like yup, this guy drew it like oh thank <laughs> you. another another freak, another weirdo right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but yes, um, And if, there, if, it, if it becomes like a stepping stone to help people find books that they'll enjoy reading in their spare time as escapism, I love that. Like that's what I want to do this for. Is for people who might not know everything about comics. They could come here, and it's just like, you could get into it with us. That's all. Yeah. It could get real geeky, or it could get just real like this. No agenda today. Just to catch up. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's exhausting. You're right. And then every trailer that comes out, people got to break it down, or they got to complain. It's like,
1: yeah, I just the thing is, like, it is fine. If that's what people want to do, it's fine. I think it's it's not even the people that do it. It's not even their fault. It's no one's fault. It's not about saying we're right, they're mm. wrong. No, it's just it's just that that when you go on to Instagram, mostly Instagram more than anything, because of the nature of it, the visual yeah. nature of it, and you scroll and you're going, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Doctor. I don't want to see this film now. Yeah, you know that's the problem with it is that everyone's doing it and I, I literally posted it just so happened because I actually have a pattern to what I post there is yes. a reason why yes. I post the way I post yes. and it's kind of preordained. it just so happened I was doing a Doctor Strange post that day when everyone else was doing Doctor Strange posts me not realizing the Super Bowl existed yeah I know it exists but <laughs> yeah. we, we, we don't really watch that here um but yeah and I thought like oh it looks like I'm trying to tap in or go like this is the real Doctor Strange like I'm not it was because, alphabetically, I'd now hit the Dweller in Darkness stuff from my character reading orders. Um, I thought, I don't want to add this, or I'm not adding, oh, I don't know, I just thought, like, don't overthink it. You were going to post that, post it. It's fine. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's just there's only so much you can say about things, I think, before it stops being
0: fun. Yeah, that, and that's, that's the thing, right, is that it becomes everybody... Like I, I've done it too. Movies that come out, I want to talk about it, put a review out. You want to kind of be topical. People want to hear your your take on stuff. Sure. So you, you and you want to talk about it, right? But it's trying to keep up with it and being the first, and everyone mm-hmm. else is. It just it's there's an exhaustion to it, right? You're right. Yeah. I remember when Shang Chi came out, and it was every video was that you see on Instagram, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Like it was good, guys. Like it was good. Is what it? what else? You know what else? I don't know. That's why I'm
1: drawn time. now to indie films. More. Yeah. I've gone back to wanting to well, not that I've seen any. I, I want to go that route because it's like the same way I've gone to indie comics. It's because an indie comic can exist for ages, and there's you don't see any spoilers.
0: Yeah. Ever. There's
1: no true. one's talking about it. <laughs> Ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's
1: true. You know, I've never seen spoilers for. Um, and we talked about it a lot. Paper Girls. We, I've never seen spoilers for it.
0: No, you know it's funny. A lot of those books that are on the more, they're even if they're really popular, like Why the Last Man. It was never spoiled. Ex Machina that wasn't spoiled. I don't know how Creature ends. I know it's a it's a pretty significant one, but it's it hasn't been spoiled. And I think it you can't really, it can't be spoiled unless you read it. Like you have to take the time to go through the journey with the characters for the, these endings to mean something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not like a the big fight at the end. You find out that person's not dead. You know. That's, yeah, and then the, the story which leads will into yeah. the next one. Right. Right. You're Like, so why does that ending matter? Well, you gotta you gotta read it. Yeah. You know, and and that's you're right. That's the good thing about. Uh, indie comics and indie movies yeah you know those ones that are classics that aren't in the zeitgeist in that capacity
1: i don't think anything is anymore though i mean it's like i see nothing about films and, and i think i've accidentally found out about some films that come out that are making me go oh <gasps> because i'm not actively seeking it at the, at the minute because i don't want to go to the cinema um yeah I, all I see for films is like it's almost like there's only there's only one film coming out at the minute, which is Doctor Strange or whatever the other Marvel one would be, or whatever Star Wars one it would be. And that's kind of it. It's all franchise-y, franchise 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 I the new Batman. It's still so franchise led.
0: It's become very very corporate.
1: Yeah. I just don't care.
0: Yeah. It, it's it's gotten I'm to the hot. point it's got I think yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's I've never had a problem with an artist making it big. Like I've never been the one to be like, "Ah, they sold out." Like, "No, they they deserve what they're getting now. They're that good that they should they, they were the one you wanted on the radio before. Now they are." Mm-hmm. Don't I'm not mad at that. But then there gets to a point where they become so well known and it it's almost like it surpasses like they all you almost they're more famous than what they actually were famous for they get to that point i think
1: it's for me it's when they change their behavior that when when people become i don't know it's like they buy into their own hype that really puts me off people yeah um and when but when people are it's like it's very easy to go like oh i don't like that because everyone else likes it like no there's no point in doing that yeah if people become a bit more mainstream sounding to to get that audience and same with any writers it could be the same with writers or artists or whatever um then okay you've changed your style and a lot you're doing better and that's great and good for you you deserve it but i liked your older stuff
0: yeah <laughs> you like when a person honest. had that piss and vinegar in them right like they had that they, they weren't part of the system yeah, that's what. That's why, like, favorite. people
1: like Scroobius Pip, because he went made three albums with a mate, made a solo album. I'm not going to make it anymore. I kind of feel like that was, that's kind of like the like the struggling artist period is the best period.
0: Yeah, and I think artists have even said that. I don't know if you know, um, the the out the group Outcast, Andre Three Thousand. Yeah, he had uh, it was really insightful. He had this podcast episode with Rick Rubin who was the um, producer that started, like, Def Jam with Russell Simmons. Yeah. So he, they have this incredible conversation about creating, finding that muse, or getting into that creative space, but also how you lose it because he said it was the best time for an artist is when they're writing in the beginning, when they're lonely or when they're in the dirt where, you know, it's just them in the basement with their friends. Like, because that's when you have so much – to say and yeah. he goes and before you know it it goes where we're so big that we're performing at a festival I can't even touch the fans hands I used to like when we were in the club and we can slap hands with these fans that really believe in you uh-huh. like they know the real artist that you are he goes and then while you end up having is being lonely again but you're not so, yes. he goes but you're not supposed to be unhappy because you made it he goes making it was harder emotionally and mentally than when we were trying to make it. God. Because, because you got it, and then you didn't even see yourself get it. Because you're just alone, and you can't go anywhere because people will mob you. Like it's the opposite level of loneliness.
1: How weird! And he's like, I hadn't thought about it that way.
0: And he says, "And what can you write about now?" <laughs> what yeah. he goes, "What are you? You're riding on a tour bus, like?" So when you do see those artists. Who are the peak of, like, the pinnacle of their crap, of their genre, whatever it is, and they still have it. That's like, you can still channel that creativity or that struggle in you. Like, wow. Ooh. I like that. I like that a lot. I find yeah. the Nas is doing that right now i don't know if you know Nas, the new york i'm not that familiar
1: but i've noticed i noticed you you posted something about a new album and it said like yeah he's still like i think you said still hungry or something he's still and like it makes perfect sense to me still wanting to to do it and not just churning stuff out not just going oh people want the new album i'll do the new album
0: yeah he sounds like it's for for hip-hop fans they understand the the um reference but in the 90s it was like the golden age where everybody who like all the best music it's kind of like Motown in the 60s it's like you're just getting right now is the best time of a certain 90s music was kind of like that it was a good era for music so he he was kind of like the top tier artist of the 90s everyone listened to what he did what he said what he like he he made an album that was kind of like the thriller of hip-hop if you will
1: i'm so unaware
0: yeah it's got an iconic album cover it's got like a pure new york sound like it's just very it it is like the epitome of hip-hop for a lot of people which uh, album is it it's called illmatic um
1: all right yeah first one comes
0: yeah and it's, oh, I've
1: seen that album cover parody.
0: Yeah. It's just, it. they used it for Miles Morales, I think, in the uh, hip-hop, the hip-hop variant right. covers. They did that. Yeah. So it's, it's, Harold, like anyone who really, really, really loves the genre, they'll always put that in their top five album. It's just kind of right. one of those touch tones. But he's releasing the albums in the last two, three years at a very like a strong level of music whether people want to say they like it or not at a person his age who's been doing this it's supposed to be like a young kids game he's almost 50 Mm. years old and it still sounds like god it's still he looks great right it still sounds like the old him but
1: i wouldn't have ashamed he was he was 48
0: yeah he still sounds hungry but it sounds like a person who's lived a life and going back to that thing That's just of such an interesting mix. yeah and so to still have things to talk about and to still be able to have that memory, to go back and capture those moments and expound on them now with that you know wisdom of a man who's lived a life, it's mm. it's cool. Yeah. I, I, I love seeing guys that and women who can still get that. It's hard to keep up. Yeah it's hard when you reach the top. It was almost impossible,
1: do you do? Yeah. Unless, you, unless you don't quite ever get to that level of popularity. Like there's some people I've liked and I've followed who were just, I need to do this because I don't want a proper job. And I, I'm, I I'm a, There's a band called The Wonder Stuff who I've liked since I was 13, which was quite a long time ago when I got into them. But um, they, never, they were never really big. They had like a number one single with Vic Reeves, who was a comedian. It was a cover version. It was all very tongue in cheek, but he's still playing and still doing stuff. Either with the band or on his own, he said, "I've literally never had a job. I've never had a proper job." He said, "I just love doing this. I just want to keep doing this." So, like, he's not trying to do something that's gonna get him any acclaim. He just just, loves what he does. Just loves what he does.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's you know the approach I have for the podcast. I just like doing it when I do it. So, Mm. and if if ever it no longer is fun it's a chore. I, yeah. want to get, I don't want to get to that point. And I never want to – I, I would never even want to get to a point where you're so – like you've got sponsors and there's like, you've got to do this now. you got to make sure there's something. I never want to get to that point. That's the problem then.
1: you're doing it for somebody else. Saying that, I've set up a Patreon for the well, – this isn't an advert. but well, It kind of is. I suppose it's hard to say without yeah, the yeah. advert. But I've set up a Patreon for the um, Marvel Comics Guide just because there are just – costs i think thinking, like i can't do that i can't kind of justify having two kids and spending this much a year when you add it up to a year you're like for my um so i'm just trying to kind of fund that but i don't you know and that does mean potentially well i've, I've got ideas but that um i don't want to launch them just yet until you know we'll see what the interest is um but it is a bit weird as part of me going i've got to make sure i do that now and that makes it like a job in a way so it's a really odd it was something i never wanted to do but it's that fine line and i don't know i don't know it might it might not do anything um but fingers crossed it will because it's just stuff ain't free Uh, (laughs) but i'd like it to stay free i'd like it to stay you know but if people want to support they can support but it's tricky because yeah you do kind of feel like you're going i don't know like, like i don't know it's hard to explain I but I've always you. just done that for a hobby. Yeah. It's always been a hobby, and it's a hobby I was able to do and you know circumstances change. But yeah, it's tricky. I don't want to make it like a pay site. So I think some other people have done that with with reading order things. you are know, like why would you bother though? because loads of people do it for nothing. I'd, I'd rather have something anyone can access. Yeah. that's you know it's available to all, but it's more coherent. Yeah. Anybody else's and more in depth than anybody else's. I'll give you everything here um, for nothing.
0: Yeah. I I agree. There's There's been times where I've supported a Patreon for something and it's just been like, I had to pay for that? <laughs> like, no. I would have, it wasn't that I wasn't interested or that it wasn't good. It had nothing to do with that at all. I really appreciate it. But... I just don't know if I want to pay for that to click yeah. read more. Like I don't know. It's very. It's a lot to
1: expect? It, yeah, especially like, when you've got like Disney Plus and you've got Netflix and all these other people that like, if you pay just a couple of quid extra, you'll get shitload of films.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I can't, I can't compete with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's, there's, at the end, YouTube. I'll just watch an ad for whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's a tough. It's a new. It's such a new economy to tap into of where people would prefer to find information. Like everyone prefers the internet. It's a mm-hmm. cheat code for everything. It's the Coles notes for everybody. We always wanted this. Right? Yeah. And then it was, it's been free for so long. Now all of a sudden we got to put in a, a coin again to read the rest of your article. Like you should yeah. want everyone to read this. That's kind of the point. I don't know strange right
1: um, yeah i've never done that before it's, it's uh, myself either that's the thing like and i think like if i get a product at the end i can understand it like i know people talk about nfts i don't know what an nft is and i still don't and i kind of feel like i don't want to hmm. <laughs>
0: um <laughs> i've had to explain it to my wife she's like i don't get it and i'm trying to break it down because it's frightening that this is a thing and it's frightening to think The potential of where this becomes useful, that people will look at it legitimately. Like, what? You know, like people have purchased real estate in the metaverse. Exactly. (laughs) So, so have you, have you read or watched Ready Player One? No. Okay. It's basically going into the system through vr and or ar right and you exist there you might have a little condominium but you can have a mansion in in on your system whatever it is playstation 5 or playstation 10 you can actually live in it and go to work there it's kind of like people doing with zoom now right but you what you're doing is virtual so Mm -hmm. you got to you're a part of the virtual community and and you can go to a bar virtually or go on a virtual date with your avatar like you're living in the game and okay. that's where these NFTs will become digital pieces of art that you own in that world because that's where the bitcoin and all those things are will be useful suddenly while you're you while you're in the game like mario having color yeah, like Mario or, or uh, Sonic the Hedgehog collecting coins along the way. Like, what if you can spend them, the credits?
1: So, if i got to grow a growing mustache,
0: you don't have to, you can buy one.
1: Oh, yeah. How many bitcoins is that? <laughs> I want a really curly one. Is that like yeah. 20 quid? Yeah, the,
0: it, it's, it's kind of like the best way to understand it would be like the Matrix yeah you're part of the simulate like you're you're creating the simulation from the very beginning or you think you are but that's where the nfts become in a in their own way like you own this thing that could be digitally made it's like owning a digital comic actually owning it so if you so let's say comics this is just thought ideas this is me okay. talking shit. i'm just trying to understand it with you <laughs> Now you just said you didn't want to talk about it. And here I go talking about it. <laughs> but, no, it's Come <laughs> but it's fine. Go on. But it's it just occurred to me, all of the library that we may have in digital format of reading comics, if we yeah. were able to access those collections inside of the system, whatever you're tapping <clears throat> into, and now you're holding an entire collection, because you've already bought it. So now you can read read them in, in imaginary book form there taking up no space in your little home that in real life it could get real real trippy Yeah. I don't like it.
1: No, it doesn't feel right to me. No. Is it? No, I don't know. I don't know. My brain just going. No.
0: It's 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 a little too on the nose with the kind of stuff that we grew up reading. And yeah. thinking like, man, that would be cool. Knowing like, well, it's not really cool if it happens. Like, thank God, we're not. You know, what, what's the thing from Terminator Two, Cybernet? Like, thank God, that's <laughs> Skynet. A- yeah, Skynet, Skynet. Sorry, and and no, it exists. It's called Facebook. It's called Meta. Mhm. It's not called Skynet.
1: Have you seen when his eyes glimmer? Talk about. No. He plays that music when he walks in a room. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> It really wouldn't. He'd be like the weedy one with the silver.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> the knife hands.
0: <laughs> yeah. Imagine him as the Terminator going back. Oh, jeez. What a joke. Suits him.
1: I've never seen his face change.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, we're at that point where we got to, something's got to give. We got to get back to you know enjoying doing real things again.
1: Well, a lot of people are. It sounds like I mean a lot of people are dropping off social media stuff. I've seen the impact of that already. Either either that or I've just annoyed people to the point where they've left me. I found Um, that
0: too. I don't know about you, but I don't. I thought it was a post, but I lost thirty followers and people following me. Like it was even, and I I'm like yeah yeah. They, is it, they don't, are they mad at me that I can't follow them back or are they gone?
1: They might well be gone. I've, I've lost, yeah, I started losing as many as I was getting. It was saying like, your growth is 0%. I'm kind of like, what? That's, that hasn't happened in a while, like a long time. Um, I'm just thinking, like, okay, is, is it me? But I think it's, I, I'm seeing these articles and stuff about, about you know, especially, um, I don't I hate saying younger generation it makes me feel old, but that younger generation going, I don't think I want to live on my phone um, which is I think is great.
0: It's great because
1: I'm going like oh my God I, I can, my kids are just when they get on their iPads, I hate it they're always on they're always on their iPads and I'm going right, I just put check my Instagram.
0: yeah <laughs> like yeah
1: I'm I'm worse than they are.
0: yeah, we are we're all like worse than each other in some way. There's something about these things that all of us are way too reliant on, and yeah. I've always been a person who needed like a some type of a pacifier because I was always alone. I was an only child, so not right. so pacifier in the way of like I need a book or I need yeah. a Game Boy or now I need my tape deck or now I need my CD player. Like I always needed something to keep me quiet. So my my I used to carry like hundred CDs in my backpack. Was oh, yeah. Cool? You
1: said you had the case with all the... Yeah,
0: yeah. You saying, and then heavy. when the iPod was like, wow, the iPod, <laughs> yeah. like, I could carry everything here.
1: I found mine.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: It still God lives. Bless it. it yeah. still works. I dropped it in the snow.
0: It's, that three was, days. Yeah, one of the best. I love that thing. The only problem is you can't um, sync it up, I don't think, the same anymore. The tech, no. That's the only unfortunate part, but love that iPod. And now it's all on your phone. Yeah, your phone is whatever you l- want it to be. Sort of fine. No, it's a computer. Mm. Maybe more. Like we're, It was Elon Musk who said, like we're already like cyborgs in a way. Like we can't live without it. It's so much a part mm. of us. It knows what we want, and we're always talking to it, and we're using it to talk to everybody else. Like it's everything. It's really weird how connected we are.
1: Yeah, and it's listening. It do, they do listen, which I find weird. I've turned off Siri and all that kind of stuff, but they do listen, and it's—I find that really creepy. Um, and that's why I find it quite interesting as well. Like, this isn't just a, there's not just a generation of people going, okay, well, this is just how it is. People are coming up, going, "Why is it like this? Maybe it shouldn't be like this." And I don't have to get into this now if I don't want to. like that's awesome. That's rebellion, right there. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, I I that gives me hope. I feel like we could be turning a corner after all of this where people might settle down and realize that we need to trust each other a little more because we can't really trust the people we thought we could. No. Right. And we need to be a little bit more kinder and grateful.
1: Yeah, I think and you know, we need to actually listen
0: listen to each other allow each other to speak it's okay to argue it's okay to disagree it's okay to get offended because it gives you an opportunity to forgive and if you do offend somebody gives you an opportunity to be sorry and change like we need to be able to do that trying to avoid that at all costs is not working
1: no it's just another form of sexual control
0: yeah that's really all it's become and who who is it that wants like what is the control that you want what what is like you, what do you think you're going to stomp out you're going to stomp out people's angry feelings their biases their prejudices like those things are are so many things involved in that happening like you can't expect people to not have that it's just going to be people that are quiet that's all it'll yeah. be it's just going to be people who feel it more and don't say it
1: it's funny isn't it i think like all the, the I suppose it's been a while since I've read 1984 or any of those kind of stories but <clears throat> it's kind of interesting how like it was it's always a them as the police the thought police I do and I think it's like people are just policing each other and themselves <laughs> the control is in our own society
0: yeah I had I, I have a controversial thought I won't share it on the air but I'll share it with you later but yeah there's something to be said about what you just said yeah you're absolutely right and it's it's the it's exactly what you said is the truth if you think about what it is you said that's exactly what it is you can't who's they who's they everyone says that like yeah when we when we don't know who these people even are in the, in this day and age you can't like it's unseen it's in, it sounds yeah. like the invisible bully it's crazy anyways let's talk about happy things
1: but what um, comics have you been reading
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been reading um trying to get through this, this Star Wars omnibus I'm enjoying it kind of going along with the little Star Wars romp I've been on with the, the Boba Fett very nostalgic moments in it I don't know if you've seen it at all, Book of Boba Fett it's fun it's a fun little time Wait, which
1: which was the omnibus again it, it is
0: the Knights um, of the Old Republic it was from Dark Horse Joshua Jackson Miller wrote all 50 issues that's collected right. here um, I kind of was sold by the Positive review that Omar did give it because he he was completely new to it So he said that the story actually got him um, Hooked in that he couldn't stop reading to see where it continues going. So that intrigued me that it was um, The other reviews that people had about it was like It's surprisingly not surprisingly, but if you read this, you know that this was a, a really good series that has a beginning middle and end sort of and i'm like 50 issues from one guy okay someone's gonna tell their story good the bad and the ugly parts of it let's because i
1: thought it crossed over doesn't
0: it i think so uh, i think it, it has it a cross optional it. i think
1: it's I optional i think there's some bits in it sorry i keep talking over
0: you no no you're right continue you're right
1: yeah, my understanding was, as well, like, you don't necessarily have to read them. So I think there was one point where there's a cross I could be totally wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, Pete was telling me about it he, ages ago, and he was saying, you need to read this series. It's awesome. I'm like, okay. And then, typical me, I forgot. Um, Yeah, he said, like, it. I think there are elements where if you read like, Legacy, I think it is as well. Okay. There are elements of that yeah. that yeah. feed in. But if you don't yeah. read them all together, it's fine. Yeah. But when you do read them together, it's got an even bigger
0: yeah i found it i didn't care at all about marvel's epic collection for star wars recollecting the dark core stuff I just thought was too much like where do you even how do you even track this i don't even know where you begin forget it it's not canon you know my i had that attitude like doesn't even count but then they did the omnibus for it and i said they must feel pretty strongly about this series to Put it in epic and then put it in an omnibus form like what is this book and i really don't have i i read some of the books about thrawn and the star wars like uh, novels right mm-hmm. and those aren't canon anymore but they're still they're good stories that's all that this matters. is why
1: i don't do canon this is there are good stories out there that some people are going to not read yeah. because it's it hasn't happened yeah like, that's why i get frustrated with it
0: yeah you know so I I wanted to give this a chance, and I found it at our our fan expo this year, and it was my one like omnibus purchase for the show. I'm like, okay, I wanted this, get it for a good deal. I got it for the price I wanted, and um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it's it. It's huge. It's
1: like one thousand three hundred and forty four pages.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like you get a full, a real full story. Like you're not, it doesn't cheap out on you with what you get for it. It packs a lot, which I appreciate, because I I can't stand those thousand dollar or no sorry those a hundred dollar omnibuses, hundred fifty dollar omnibuses that have a thousand pages. That's what I meant to say, thousand page omnibuses that are like, why is Jim Lee X Men less than a thousand pages and it's one hundred fifty seven bucks? Like, okay, whatever. But this one at least you get your money's worth. That's what I'm trying to say. Wah, yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I think if I'd realized it was out, I probably would have got it at the time, but.
0: <sighs>
1: Watching the pennies.
0: Yeah. And today I was, like I said to you, I'm waiting for my um, JLA omnibus or J- J- Justice League from Jeff Johns omnibus to be delivered. Because of your. Positive reviews on it. I was surprised that at how much you enjoyed the further the series went on, you were into it.
1: It's funny because I I have still had I've deleted them now because they're kind of irrelevant. I don't want it to seem conflicting, but I still had the old reviews from there when I read it the first time mm-hmm. on my Instagram. And volume four, I remember getting quite annoyed about it, and it, I gave it like two stars, and I just to the reviews. I'm not reading the old reviews first. I'm kind of, I'm reading it and then I'm going, okay, I'm going to go back and just see what I did. Think yeah, and, yeah. I've written it. and I was thinking like, my God, I was so narky about it. And I think one of the issues I think I have with it was that I didn't, it felt like DC don't help the reader sometimes. So if you are new to this stuff, they don't tell you enough. They don't give you enough. Like, you know, when Marvel have those intro pages in their, their books, like just a little background, just a little,
0: just a little catch up. Here's a little, yeah, here's where so we relax. been going on. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, cool. Thanks very much. Like, if you don't need it, you don't read it. And that kind of runs and sounded cheesy. Hmm. But, um, yeah, DC don't seem to do that. And they don't have like a thing in, in like a massive book that explains where things, are. and they shouldn't need to for the justice league, but it still felt like you needed to understand who some characters were. Maybe it's because you should have been reading all the other new 52 books. Um, and I, I got really frustrated about it. But this time I think it may be, that's been undone for me because I've now read so much DC. Mm-hmm. Maybe that helped. Maybe my, I'm a bit more open-minded about DC. Cause I think when I started, I didn't really want to read justice league, but felt I should. Mm. Understood. Um, Cause I was reading Batman. Right. And I thought, I'm going to see what he's up to in justice. I'm the completest type. I'm going to see yeah. what he's up to. And I didn't like Superman initially. And that's changed over time. And, I've grown to like a lot more of these characters, so it was a different, completely different experience. And when um, is it Evan Reyes? Yeah, jumps on as artist, much better than Jim Lee, way better than Jim Lee. Interesting. I don't like Jim Lee's a good artist. Oh god, he's a good artist. He's basically one of the best artists there is. But like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's good. But like, I don't know. I like an artist with some real character they got their own style it felt like there were so many imitators for Jim Lee, and they trained so many people to draw like him that he's not special anymore you take someone like Ivan reyes check out i'm saying this right his stuff is so like kinetic and it's like the action scenes
0: yeah yeah pure action it feels like his pen has it has like a little brush tip to it uh Like it just has this—I don't know—it's got the, the the same way Neil Adams made you feel, but with a little bit of, little bit of George Perez. It's like uh-huh. a combination of the two that I don't know how to describe it, but it just works. He's there's the definitely right. Adams. There's
1: yeah, definitely Adams. I haven't thought about the Perez angle.
0: Um, just because um, he I mean, can put so same much level of detail. That's what I mean. He's mm. not afraid to throw a lot onto the page and make you go, "Let me look at it. like wow." Makes yeah. you go like you go across the page, it's like everyone looks cool. Yeah. That's
1: and- that's the thing like spectacle. Like a blockbuster, I'm not a big blockbuster person, but a blockbuster should be spectacle. And just as is as blockbuster. <clears throat> and it is, you're just looking at the page, just absorbing it like it's that moment. And when when they have a when they get to Trinity War and it's the three leagues fighting each other and you find out why they're fighting each other, and that's that's like a good pretty across the board good across the board not like outstanding some bits are better than average but it's a good overall story and then by the end like it's like oh I remember this was gonna happen but like the way they do it it's so good but he's got those scenes where they're all fighting each other and it's like it's choreographed and it's so impressive to look at yeah what an incredible artist
0: that's a good way to put it Choreographed, he choreographs yeah, his team really, really, really well. That. Yeah, how it that all ends
1: what everyone is doing and why they're doing it. You're kind of like, geez, like how much of this is Jeff Johns and how much? I don't really care. It works. It's a great combination.
0: Yeah, they're they are a great combination together. It's true, and it's it's always like in this Star Wars that I'm reading, um, the artists change every three issues. It's the same kind of cycle. Three. Wow. Okay. So it starts off with a lot of Brian Ching is the artist that does a lot of the beginning of it. And when it does change, it's an arc. Like you get a whole arc okay. of an artist telling that story. Are there be three-issue arcs? They're, yeah, they do like three-issue arcs, four-issue arcs. Oh. Nothing like really, no six-part, eight-part arcs from All what right. I've seen from the con- table of contents. But the, the whole story is a continuing arc. So yeah. it's very much. I mean, obviously, it's an ongoing series, but it's more that where it, the first story arc is the continuing story arc. So the okay. the first problem that he that this main character faces is what he's always he's he's going to all these different story arcs because of this original thing. The original okay. thing is still not settled. Throughout the 50 issues. That's right. what keeps you, like, I don't know if you've watched Ozarks. No. So, what motivates that character to move there in the first place, that's the ongoing thing. And it's never just, okay, that was last season. This season, here's the problem. So right. That's what makes this book like a page turner, even in those spots where oh, I miss the other artist. You keep going because it's like, I, I want to know the political angle now, how this is going to affect him being, you know, a fugitive. Right. Like, oh wow, now he's well connected, you know, it's one of those journeys. (laughs) That's cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah.
1: I'll probably give that a shot if I could afford it. I'm going to go put it on the list. It looks like it's still around. It's still around.
0: It's still around. Yeah. And it made me, it made me more interested in giving some of the other stuff that is no longer canon A shot, Especially if it was somewhat influential or rich in its storytelling about certain aspects of a Star Wars universe, if you like that sort of thing. Because now what they're doing is fun, and you're getting to see a lot of stuff that we had never seen before, live action. But there's so much story previously told with these characters that kind of undiscovered territory because it wasn't part of the corporate big two, right? Yeah. So you kind of like, oh, they're there. They're there if you want sort of thing like how much of a fan are you but now it's a huge business
1: it is i think i'm more i'd be more interested in reading the dark horse stuff and sticking to the original trilogy and ignoring everything else than trying to watch it all or you know go oh that doesn't fit any no because like dark horse are really good with their um their kind of franchise stuff, and they, the way they tap into games, and they—I think I've read a couple that didn't quite work, but for the most part, a lot of the stuff I've read is just—it's good, or it's or it's really, you know, it's really good. Yeah. Um, so the like the critical role comics are great, and I'm trying to think what other bits I've read. But I just bought—I've um, told her she's asleep. I've just bought uh, The Witcher um, Omnibus for for her. But, for your... Mother's Day. Oh, nice. Yeah, she loves The Witcher, so there's that and Dragon Age. So she played, There's a lot of game franchise stuff they do as well. Um, and they're generally just really great comics. Yeah. And I much prefer it coming from, from someone like Dark Horse or IDW when they do Transformers. Then, um, but I don't know, I, I read Marvel's new Star Wars stuff and I just couldn't get into it. It just feels like it's like, yep, yeah, you got some big names on there and that's great and they're familiar characters. Yeah, I don't feel invested.
0: I mm. see. Yeah, I, I get you. I I did enjoy the first series that Jason Aaron, those first two, the Darth Vader and Star Wars, because they went in and out of each other in a way and I, oh. I thought that was really cool. I haven't gone past and read more of the different series but... I'm happy I gave this a shot. I, I um pleasantly surprised. I went in blind. It was a blind buy that I just had faith. Faith in the Force, as they say. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. What What's next on your list to read?
1: Um, At the moment, I'm actually reading a bit more Sea Bengal, Silver Surfer. I kind of haven't picked it up in a while. Um, not, as, not quite as strong as the first story arc from that 1987 series, but it's just... They're just quite cheesy, fun sci-fi comics. And there's like it's quite a funny thing. It. It's like I'm not sure how much of what he's saying is meant to be funny, um, but some of it is quite funny. But there's this a whole thing where Galactus at the end of One Story Arc has eaten the elders of the universe. Um and it's kind of where it's gone where it's going from there. And it's just silly and I'm quite liking it. So that's been that's been quite fun. Um I've been reading a lot of the Jeff Loeb, Hulk stuff as well um, don't, I actually don't mind it uh, a lot of people hated that stuff but it's just silly, I think I need a bit of silly um, and other than that, still going through Justice League Dark still there's, there's a few other indie books, I want to get into Injustice which we keep talking about I want to read Ether by Matt Kint Matt Kint, I've read some stuff of his recently and it's re- like everything I've read has been really good
0: him and jeff lemire to me they're like uh, they're like these twins they are like the wonder twins they got a yeah. similar style similar writing style and they get their stuff on their valiant stuff i absolutely loved he was my first interview was he yeah he was the first person what? i was brave enough to ask because i just loved his stuff
1: what was he writing for valiant
0: everything really Everything he's written. Exo was, Man of War. Was he, writing he he wrote the second series of Exo, which was great. He wrote um, uh, Bloodshot. He wrote. So did Jeff Lemire. He wrote. Uh, he wrote everything. Ninja Ninjack. I think he's gone through every character in some way. I have so much Matt Kent on my on my shelf from Valiant. It's. I love it. Damn
1: it that's gonna that's gonna cost
0: me <laughs> but I mean I I didn't know who the, a lot of these guys were I saw their names on like Marvel books but like little mini series and I just kept going through all of the different Valiant books and I, I preached the gospel of Valiant all the time I don't know what they're doing now as fuck because I don't go to the comic shop very much anymore um, but I've never really been disappointed Stuff is some stuff is better than others but when Matt Kin is on a book I would give it a shot Cause it's like it was like his universe. He kind of was in all the crevices of. He was the Jeff Johns of uh, and Brian Michael Bendis of of Valiant. It was great. Oh no way! Yeah.
1: Oh damn it! Apparently uh, this year is the year of Valiant. They're saying they're going to do a big push. I don't know what that means. One of the things I think they could be doing is going the compendium route. Like compendiums are getting really big now. (laughs) No pun intended. But um. Like only are going to release the the letter forty four compendium this year, um, which I is know. great. If I hadn't bought those books, I would have bought that. Um, it's so good. But um, the compendium—it's great. They were saying that we're going to do an Exo manable compendium, and then it just never arrived.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. They did say that. Yeah, I. They had. I tell this story all the time on the podcast, but I never. I don't think I shared it with you. When they came one year to one of our shows. They had a nice table there, they had a couple panels that were like getting into Valiant panels. So I just went to kill some time, and it was just so intriguing, like I just got so sucked into this little universe that you could keep up with pretty easily, that before you know it, you want to read more of it, then like, ah, who cares? Because it's like, man, I haven't been let down, yeah, I like this the best, but, they had a table there and uh, I made friends with with one of the gentlemen that was a salesman he's been on the show a couple times Matthew Klein I don't know if you've ever seen those episodes but he was the the main salesperson there and it was like five graphic novels for 30 bucks and they were all the entry level like number ones so you can Uh pick whichever ones you want and these are all going to get you started in the universe it was a great way and so I bought five i had read one on the way home read one the next day and i'm like okay i, I need more I, I, need, yeah, I need to know this is good
1: They yeah. need to do that because i think they've been around a fair while now as well haven't they
0: 2012 when they was 2012. Yeah. Oh, was it, has it been 10 years it's been 10 years yeah i hope they do a wow. big push i really do
1: maybe you need to get him back on the show
0: he doesn't work there anymore how does he know? No, he works at Penguin Random House now, which is still a very interesting person to have on. Yeah. Like he went like a bit bigger, but uh, it was very cool to have somebody in the in the offices like that who, you know, was so excited about the product and with good reason because they didn't they never cheaped out on who they wanted for that book. So a yeah. lot of Jeff Lemire stuff is from there. Got a lot of clayman artwork, um, Carrie Nord. Has done no, Clayton line. Crane, yeah, Crane will be brilliant on X Clayton Crane, a lot of Clayton <laughs> Crane. Uh, Doug Brathwaite has done stuff. Uh, then they had Matt Kent and Robert Van um Fred Van Lenti, like all of these guys who you know their names. They might not yeah. be doing the main book at Marvel, but because I guess the creative freedom that they would have with Valiant a little bit. Uh huh. Really cool.
1: See that appeals to me way more.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, you could be like, "Wow," because I find when Jeff Lemire does a DC book, I feel like there's some sort of shackles. Like it's like you, you, that. You yeah, you wrote X Men, but I think you're better than that story. Why couldn't there's like... a lot
1: of? But that's I used to have a really weird thing, and I think a, a lot of people probably experience the same thing. Where you see a creator, you see especially an artist when you see their work, you can see their visuals. And you, at the time, I'd go, oh, ma'am, why don't they draw something for Marvel? You know, nowadays, I'm going, why don't they just do something independent? It's like, you can tell there's something there, especially more with writers. You can tell there's something there. Yeah. Imagine if they had the freedom to do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. And it's completely switched, you know, in my head. I come to the dark side.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then there's some there's some guys who you're like, I don't know if you could do an a indie book. Like you're just, mm. you're just meant for, like this is your specialty in a way. I'm sure you can, but you, you specialize in playing here. Like I think of Mark Wade and um, Jeff Johns and Brian Michael Bendis. I'm sure like their creator own stuff is, it's not what they're going to be known for.
1: No, it's a shame though. Cause I, like Bendis, it's, it's rearing up again against Bendis. I'm saying like for whatever reason, but he still wrote some great indie stuff mm-hmm. you know uh jinx was really good and but powers like i love powers loved it and they've re-released that mm-hmm. i think or they're re-releasing that through dark horse soon mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know if i want to read any of his newer stuff i just think that marvel just kind of burned him out
0: yeah and i think that happens too i i, I look at him and i look at brian michael bennis i always compare him to jeff johns i don't know if that's fair but I feel like they went through their respective companies and did everything they could do with every team, every major character, some B-list characters that they propped up. Like they had a some somewhat similar career trajectory when they were both the writer. They did, yeah, right? exactly the same time, around the same time, yeah, yeah. And um, who do you like better? Bendis. Any reason why?
1: But- I think it's weird, like when I think of the stuff that I like from Marvel, it was the Bendis stuff. I, I like the way that he he plotted it and planned it together. I liked his dialogue. I know some people have issue with it, don't care. I liked his dialogue. Um, up until I mean that whole first run of New Avengers is so much fun. And it's the way that he structured it, I loved it. Jeff Johns has done some great stuff, but I tend to find and it's probably a really um unfair comparison because I'm almost comparing him with the people who were writing stuff alongside <clears throat> so like with his Green Lantern it's really good stuff great Green Lantern series really good Tomasi was writing Tomasi and Gleason were on um, Green Lantern Corps at the same time it was way better it was so much better it was so good
0: I think Tomasi and Gleason are always having to take a back seat to the main title when yeah. stuff that they like, even like their Batman and Robin, yeah, their Batman Robin, like I, I at the time I when I met, um, Greg Capullo, and he signed a couple issues for me of, of his Batman run. I said, I think you might have you might go down in history as being like one of the best Batman runs of all time. Like this might be the one. He's like, that's really kind of you. And then I read all of Tomasi and Gleason. And I said, I might be wrong. <laughs> like that, but they, no
1: one's still no one's talking about it.
0: It, it there's that series was probably better all it all the better. whole series from beginning to end the T- tomasi gleason series was better easily for sure I mean,
1: uh, some people are catching on, i think because you can get the superman one and the spines match the batman one yes and if that encourages people to get it great whatever works that's brilliant but it's it's like it's people are still talking about the Snyder run like now and you go, but they're Tomas and Grayson were always so really better, better. much on,
0: No, it is. It is definitely for sure. I, d- I agree. And and even their Superman stuff is Superman and his like that series is beautiful. Really, really yeah. good. A lot of
1: fun It's a really safe comic, but yeah. you know, not in a bad way.
0: But it no, but it's it's a great Superman story. Yeah. It's a great era of Superman. I, I was so happy that they released that because it's deserving. The two of them are really good. I hope they do a Green Lantern Corps because I never read all of their stuff, only the crossover. Because I'm such a fan of Jeff Johns, he's one of my favorite writers. Period in comics, right? His I love DC and he writes DC like he loves it. Yeah, that's how it makes. So I f- like he writes DC the way I feel for it. Yeah, that makes any it's,
1: sense. You can see as well that he just he gets. He gets what works. It's like when he took Aquaman. Yeah, that was such a good series.
0: His Aquaman, his first run on the Flash, his JSA, Green Lantern, his Hawkman. That's the thing.
1: I haven't read those books yet. Those last four that you mentioned, I've still not read them yet. And I think once I have, maybe that will swing me over to the Johns.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and he's he's always tried to, even if he's missed and something wasn't as good as before, like doesn't really have a great take on Batman. Um his Superman, some people like it, some people don't. I like it. But that's also cuz it it taps into my nostalgia. Like when he Which did bit,
1: When was he writing Superman? He did it, was it the original pre-Flashpoint.
0: Yeah, he did a little bit of action wow. comics with the Richard Donner crossovers where they <gasps> Yeah, of course. where they tie in like all of the Richard Donner sort of stuff and then there's that Christopher yeah. Kent and then he does the Legion of Superheroes story and the Brainiac story, like cool, cool stuff. Like, wow, you unleash the Bottle City of Candor. Whoa, that's a big moment. This is interesting. And then the story went on forever. And he wasn't—I mean, he wasn't writing it, but it was the stuff. Like, it was stuff that it, he just has a love for the characters. And when he does an origin story, he like pays homage to all of it. It's almost so. What was it pastiche? Is that the right word? No, that's when someone so. copies something like it, like they make a, a version of Superman, right? Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. But his that's is like best. strictly a, a, an homage, like love letters. Th- he he. I think the thing he does
1: with his characters is is kind of. Oh, I feel like I'm constantly going. Marvel films suck, but it's what is missing for me from the Marvel films which is that they're, they're taking the name, they're taking the trademark in those films. They're not using the characters. What he does is he goes and boils down those characters as to what makes them work, and then he adds that modernization over the top. <clears throat> he adds that extra level of mythos to it. Yeah. That progresses it, so it doesn't just kind of... start so with the Kurt Busiek Avengers run.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's a fun run. Yeah. Um, and there are highlights... There are some bits that didn't work, but for the most part, it's like, uh, yeah, weren't the seventies great? But with Jeff Johns, you're going, weren't the seventies great? And weren't these bits great? And was you know, and the original ideas were great.
0: This is so why this thing is great. And yeah.
1: push them into the present and make it relevant to the right. audience today.
0: Right, right. And that's my I preferred I... That
1: approach than the kind of boozy
0: approach. Right, right. But see, his stuff that he does for the movies are atrocious. And it's so weird. It's like great if he's writing it, he's the guy who knows, right? No one knows better than him. No, he clearly. But he's just producing those, isn't he? Mostly he he's like co-writing some of them. Like whatever he's got his name attached to, it's like. Other than I I didn't mind Shazam. That was cute. It was alright. Yeah, it was cute. You know, for what it was. But let
1: my kids watch it probably one day.
0: Yeah, people seem to like Aquaman, but I was just. uh, he, I, don't know I don't know. It's like he's. It's like he started writing, even stuff that was good, and like this Justice League run. It's like you were writing it so that it would be adapted into a movie. That's what it started to become.
1: But the problem, the problem you always got with that though, is there's just so many people involved, and there are people above him who are going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear what you're saying. But the Dark Knight films sold really well, so we need to just darken it. And like you know that's kind of what you're battling I guess with a with a blockbuster film whereas when you look at his animated stuff that he's been involved in people are generally happier and yeah. it's still him
0: yes yes you're right so maybe that's it's true. not
1: his fault and it's the battles he's got to fight
0: I hope not because I, I I mean I'm an unabashed like I'll swear by him if if I had to keep one writer from my DC shelf it would be his stuff uh-huh. it would be because the majority of the stuff that I like from DC is from him I'm not, you know, that diverse. When I really think about it, I love Jeff Johns, but I love Bendis too. I love Bendis too, and I feel both of them had that similar burnout, where it's like, okay, try something else.
1: Yeah, they were. I, Bendis should have left the New Avengers after that first series, and it's a shame.
0: Yeah, but
1: he didn't. They should have. They should have rejected. Got new people.
0: Yeah. So my question to you now is what's our next top five going to be
1: Ooh, what is our next top five going to be do we go back on everything we've just said and do Dr.
0: Strange <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it because I haven't read any Dr. Strange that's a big hole in my library None. yeah I've
1: not read enough no. Dr. Strange um, do we not do a Marvel character do we do What what are your thoughts
0: I want you to pick it. You tell me. You want me. me to pick? Oh, man. We could keep with Marvel. You, you could tie it in with the Marvel Comics guy. We could keep it with Marvel.
1: Why don't we go... Oh, this is too vague. Why don't we go cosmic?
0: Okay. I could try that. Either
1: Fantastic Four or just the general greatest cosmic stories of all time.
0: Okay. Okay. What do you think? Which, yeah.
1: Well, we, we can decide later if you want,
0: but... Okay. I like that direction. I might be able to play in that that arena okay because i love cool. marvel Com- cosmic okay. mm. yeah I, I think i could do it and we'll have differing opinions as well yeah because you'll have read a lot more and there's some things that i've read that you probably don't like yeah that's good <laughs> i like it there's a
1: lot to choose from i think there's a lot of people probably forget or don't know exists.
0: yes that's true there is a lot to choose from and yeah it's forgotten stuff
1: Although someone did say about our uh, um, multiverse one the other week, if you haven't got exiles, it was Aaron Smart who's followed me for a long time. If you haven't, um, if you don't put exiles on that list, I'm, I'm playing, <laughs> I'm getting on a plane and I'm ready to fight you. <laughs> like shit, I forgot exiles existed.
0: I haven't it read it yet. With me. I haven't read it yet. I, it I pl- resonated with me. yeah, I plan to, I bought the, fir- the Judd Winnix uh, trades that he wrote, the, the issues he wrote. But, um, I tried getting started on it and it wasn't connecting. Yeah. I was the same. Yeah, it wasn't connecting with me at the moment so I'm like let me come back to this. But Sorry. Thank you for paying attention to the post. Hopefully you like the yeah. episode if you listen.
1: If it generates interest. Yeah. Or a fight then yeah. something's worth <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. We did it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll let you I'll let you uh get to bed and rest up for the day of work. Uh, always Thanks a pleasure too. to hang out, and uh, I think in two weeks we might do this again. Keep okay, this consistent, deal. and it'll uh, everyone's going to follow us after. We're going to change the world.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> take it over.
0: That's right. Take it all over. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our, our catch-up chit-chat, fly on the wall, hearing us uh, complain and gripe and love comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more episodes. We will be back soon. And make sure you follow Dave's pages, both the Winchester Meat Cleaver reviews, comic reviews, and the Marvel Comics guy. Is that right? Yeah. It. All right. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Take care.